Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Nolan Cruz, what's your favorite fruit? Pineapple. You know, I'm offended, just to be honest with you. Really <laughs> offended by it. Hey, I'm going to come for you. I think you should be canceled. I'm coming for everything you built. Yeah. yeah. I am disgusted, Danny. Afternoons on the score. The stakes to go either eight and nine or or six and what would we do eleven? Yeah, six and eleven. But I'd rather be on the eight and nine train than having another like every year of different changes going on. That's DJ Moore talking to Mullion Hall earlier today, or Mullion Zaidman did a great job over there. Hall and Zaidman, my bad. And I get it. I don't think 8 and 9 or 7 and 10 will make a difference emotionally and how the Bears will feel after the season. I know it'll make my dad a lot happier because he bet the over 7 and a half, as did a lot of Bears fans. Mm. So, you know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can make a lot of Bears fans happy if you get that dub. Tell you what, as chaotic as, as the season has been, I was going to say has felt, it has been chaotic, and there's been some atrocious losses, like 6 and 9. Like it, it, it's about where people probably, yeah. if you're you're being realistic, six to nine was the window. It, exactly. So I mean, there were some people who were ridiculous with their picks, and you know, I, I actually shouldn't say that because I appreciate fans just being fans that were like eleven or twelve wins or something like that. Yeah. There's always somebody yeah. who's gonna find Clay a way. Harbor. But Clark, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh really? Oh, yeah. One of those guys. Eleven. Uh, but six and nine, yeah, that's okay. probably about where I thought they'd be at this point. I'm not sure what our next guest, uh, where he had the bear pegged for wins on the season. He doesn't take me for a guy that would actually throw out a number because if I remember correctly, I think you and I talked to him and he wouldn't throw out a number. Oh, really? Well, well, we'll find out right now. Let's get some numbers. Uh, he's joining us on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline. He covers the Bears and the NFL for the Chicago Sun-Times, great friend of the station. It is none other than Patrick Finley. Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? I think I'm, I'm thinking back. I think I had him at 8 and 9. Okay, I know because uh, I know may, we talked to you. I remember 7 that. and 10. Yeah, it might have been seven and ten a week or two into the season. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, this is kind of where we thought they'd end up. The problem is to get here was just so exhausting. And, you know, if I'm a Bears fan, six weeks into the season, kind of your your passion for this whole thing is, you know, being tested pretty pretty seriously. Uh, so so it feels worse than it is, I, I, I think, as we've been going through this season. It, yeah, Pat, it, exhausting is a great word. It's been exhausting getting to this point, and even with things looking better record-wise, they're still having some of the same old issues. And, look, the win's a win. The Bears beat Arizona 27-16, to but there were, again, there were some moments where you thought, okay, 
here we go again. And how many times have we had to say that where either it does, where a lead is toppled and the, the, the opposition takes over, or we're all sitting up in the press box going, uh-oh, this is not the story I thought that we were going to be having to, to write again. What, what do you think of the answers that, that we've been attempting to get from coaches and players in terms of why this team allows other teams back in? And then just the, the lull that, again, Justin Fields was talking about that occurred in the second and third quarters of the game against Arizona. I can tell you, speaking from personal experience, Justin has that 39-yard run uh, to get down at whatever it was, to 17 or 19, something like that, uh, it, with about 10 minutes to go, and they're up 14. Now I'm sitting there going, great, I can write my story. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's it's Christmas Eve. Let's write, let's write this story. <laughs> and he throws the interception um, when all they had to do was essentially just fall down and kick a field goal after three plays. He throws the interception. They give up the touchdown, and all of a sudden it's a game again. And uh, I asked somebody, uh, one of the other reporters, when we were waiting outside the locker room afterwards, like, you know, even when the Cardinals had the ball at their own, what, 25 coming out down eight, you know, that's not close. I mean, it, it's 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 not uh, – the Bears were not, you know, in danger of losing on that drive. But I think we've all seen so much Bears football this year that we're just scarred by it. And, you know, the Cardinals have the ball. We're almost surprised that they don't march and score. And, and that that's what the Bears have done by blowing these three uh, consequential leads, uh, you know, over the season. Is they make you think that every bad thing that happens is the start of this – you know, avalanche of bad. And for the first time, it didn't really lead to that. Uh, you know, I don't think that's necessarily worthy of praise. But boy, you know, I, I think we were all thinking the same thing there when they go three and out on a direct snap on third and inches. It <laughs> oh, doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've sure fooled them on that. And I remember during that play, I thought to myself, and I was, I, I remember watching the game and saying, hey, and they showed Lou Getze right before that play. And I was thinking, I was thinking, okay, he has all this pressure. I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. He has all this pressure. He's ran some pretty bad gadget plays the last couple of weeks that people have criticized him about. He's most certainly just going to go with a straight run here. And then it was this this wild direct snap that I was like, oh no. But but well, and, and I, I don't want to I don't want to turn this into a gutsy conversation unless you guys want to lead it in that direction. Well, then that leads but me to my next I, that leads me to my next question. You just mentioned the no, avalanche no. of bad. But 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 if that is the case, then someone has to be at blame for it. Who is that for you? Oh my God! Oh well, you know, go back and watch that Roshan Johnson play. Um, you know, it is. You're right. It is not the tush push. It is not dive up the middle with your running back. But it should have been a first down. And you've got Robert Tunyon pulling to try and block a guy, and he completely whips. Does not touch a single person. And if he makes the block, it's a gain of four. Now. That's the offensive coordinator's fault because it didn't work. And because he put someone in a position, Robert Tunyon not known as the world's greatest blocker. He's got Tunyon in the position where he needs to make a play and he doesn't make the play. So, you know, I think Luke Getze is, is my answer to your question in a roundabout way. But, you know, earlier in the game, it's third and one at the one. And Getze, instead of going straight forward, decides to run the play action up the middle, play action on, a, on an end around to Mooney and then throw the ball to a 39-year-old tight end who's averaged 10 catches a year the last six years. Um, it's, it's fun when it works, right? Um, but, uh, but it was almost as though after a week spent getting criticized for being too cute by half in short yard situations, it's almost as though he doubled down on too cute by half. And it worked once and it didn't once. Yeah, which makes me think, Pat, 
that if Luke Etsy could speak freely with us, and he's pretty honest with us, you know, to as much as he can be, do you think he he would say to us, guys, this is what I've had to resort to because we just can't do it the normal way? Or do you think he is really just outthinking himself and trying to be too cute and be the smartest guy in the room? I don't want to put words in his mouth. And Getsy is I've, I haven't covered anybody who's as comfortable being themselves as Luke Getsy. Mm. Boy, he is just he is just him all the time, for better or worse. Truth. Uh, and, that, and there's something really attractive about that, I think, too, just in our, in our interactions. Now, when we interact with him, we're not getting necessarily straight answers from him, but but he is very authentic in the way he presents himself. I, I think if, you know, if you kind of open up, I think there are things that you just, there are things Justin Fields does that nobody else on the planet can do. And there are things that Justin Fields needs to be better at that 30 people on the planet can do. And I think that they're limited in their playbook by some of the throws that it's just hard to trust Justin to be consistent with. I also think that Justin bails them out a lot. So it's, I think it would be hard for him to be critical publicly of this guy, but I, you know, there are, you know, if you had a more consistent passer, I think a lot of this stuff would look a little bit better. We're talking to Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times here on 670 to score. Gabe and Grody filling in for Parkins and Spiegel. Uh, I try to look at the season, uh, Patrick, and I say to myself, like, what? Because I did have them right there in that range. But then, like you said, it, it has been ugly getting here. But then, he, like, I try to picture, put, in my, put myself in those shoes and say, well, how did I think it was going to look? Or what did I think it was going to look like? A bunch of close games. And then I talked to Grody about this uh, at the beginning of the show. I said, you know, last year there were those, those losses that felt like wins. And this year it seems like there's been a couple of wins that have still felt like a loss or not like the, the kind of win that you would want. And, and I, I can't put my finger quite – can't quite put my finger on it. Is it if, if it's just – Justin Fields or the way that they're winning this game because like you look at the game against like Arizona and you say okay you would have liked a dominant victory so that that way you can hang your hat on this team in the direction they're headed in and the quarterback and the coach but it just it just wasn't that it was never within eight <laughs> after they went up 21 and, it, and it, you know that's why I was referencing earlier is you know afterwards you sit there and and you act surprised that the Cardinals didn't score and you know you look at the box score at the end and the Bears didn't dominate but the Bears led by eight points or more, you know, in the last three quarters of the game, which in a lot of places, you know, would be good enough. Uh, now the Cardinals are horrible, so that that goes into it. I, I think if I can play amateur psychologist, I think, I think what you're referencing is kind of the burden of expectation. Last year, we all knew they were going to be horrible, and they were fairly upfront about that. You looked at some of the roster moves they made in Ryan Pulse's first offseason, I mean, bringing in the Byron Pringles and Nikhil Harry's of the world. And you're carrying the most dead. I mean, and you're carrying the most dead cap space in the NFL. And, you know, it's pretty clear that this is just a, that this is a bottoming out year. And if you know that going into the season, then you're never crushed. I mean, you're never shocked by anything that happens. Uh, And then we spend the whole off season wondering about the number one draft pick, what they're going to do with it. They end up trading it. Um, and then you enter this season with expectation, with two years' worth of expectation. And then when things don't go well, um, that I think is extra disturbing to the fan base. I mean, there was a time – I mean, even at this time last year, I mean, we were sitting there thinking, well, if the Bears end up with the number one pick, uh, boy, that's going to be a really exciting offseason. 
And instead, you got DJ Moore, who's great, and you got a right tackle, <laughs> but you know, not necessarily anybody that you could put on a poster. Um, and you went, well, that's okay. You know, the stability that we've gained is going to help us get where we want to go this year. And then the way they start the season is just the most unstable thing you could have drawn up. And I think that's I think that's part of why this season feels so weird. Is you know, it went into crisis mode within four weeks, and the entire point of the off season was to get the Bears to a point where they can just be stable and halfway decent. And you kind of didn't even get to dream on that uh, this year. It was in crisis mode after the the Green Bay game. I mean, like all, all the build up to the season, and then that quarterback Jordan Love, without that quarterback Aaron Rodgers takes you down in the first game and then they're of course they they move on to to zero and four but patrick i i, I want you to go uh, take off that amateur psychology hat and put on your amateur prognosticator hat because this is what we all we are all asked to to do that and you said it and you nailed it man in one of your previous answers you said a, a more consistent passer with a more consistent passer things would be better uh, on this day, and it's a fluid situation, I understand that. What direction do you think the Bears are leaning in terms of Justin Fields and the quarterback position for 2024 and beyond? I think Caleb Williams is great. And I think that not enough attention is being paid toward that. You know, the, the USC quarterback has been the best college quarterback in America for two years. When Ryan Poles made the trade last year and got the Panthers number one back, part of the reason he made the trade was he wanted to have ammunition in case Justin Fields didn't work out. And, you know, and then he'd have an opportunity at, you know, a quarterback in this year's draft. And this year's quarterback draft is much better than last year's. Uh, I don't think he could have dreamed that it would have been number one overall, <laughs> but it looks like that's what it's going to be. I think they're at 97% or something, a 97% chance of getting that pick. Uh, the NFL being what it is, um, people are going to spend the next – four months trying to pick apart Caleb Williams, you know, because he cried on the sideline after a game or ducked reporters after a game. And believe me, I'm the first to criticize somebody for ducking reporters, <laughs> but those, but in the name of content, in the name of, in the name of programming hours on NFL network and ESPN and otherwise, um, people poke holes in every single prospect. And I think we will realize by mid-March that Caleb Williams is the best quarterback prospect since uh, since uh, Trevor Lawrence, and if not, since Andrew Luck. And I think it's really hard to say no to that. So my prediction would be that they draft Caleb Williams number one. It's okay, you know. Yeah, you uh, say that with confidence, Patrick. It's okay, you know. Don't let don't let don't let the the, the, the Twitter sphere out there, you know, come down on you. Because I've been saying it. It's so odd to me that you know. You know, in the beginning of the season, it was, all right, this is the year we're going to be able to figure out. No questions asked who we have in Justin Fields. Here we are with two games left, and it's like, yeah, I saw enough. This is the guy. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. Well, and, and, and I want to be I want to be clear about it. It's not fair. Nobody is sitting here saying this is fair. Justin Fields, you know, had Matt Nagy in his last year, uh, you know, and was, you know, the backup quarterback in training camp after he was drafted 10th overall. Uh, you know, then he played on in a year in which the Bears were not necessarily trying to win. And, and now he's playing this season um, in which he's shown improvement. Like, it's not fair to quit on him at this point. I don't think anybody is arguing that it is. But, you know, you've got a choice. Caleb Williams is going to be there this year and not next year and not the year after that. 
So you got to make a call. And I think, um, I, I think that's the way they're going to go. Let's just say, since we like to play scenarios here, let's say, this. let's say they, let's say they don't get the number one overall pick. Let's say they're, they're number two. Do you think that that applies still? Like say, if it's Drake may, do they automatically draft him or, or some of the, maybe there's a, a prospect in this group that you like better. I mean, Marvin Harrison, I mean, <laughs> Marvin Harrison might be the, yeah, Marvin Harrison's probably the second best player in my mind. And okay. there are people who get paid. There are people who get paid uh, to cover the draft and only the draft. And I will defer to their expertise. But if you ask me my opinion, I think Marvin Harrison makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think I might be more tempted if we were at number two, uh, we meaning my fictional team. I think I, I would be tempted to see if I could trade down to three and end up with Marvin Harrison and a future first for my trouble. Um, but again, it looks like there's a 3% chance of that happening. And, you know, at this time next week, we'll probably, you know, uh, you know, the bears very easily could have clinched that spot uh, at this time next week. So everything's relative. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, do we know exactly what they have in Justin? Yes or no. I, I don't think the answer is yes. Uh, definitively. Fair. But I mean, t- but to me, the question you have to ask is, would you rather have Caleb Williams? And I think that answer is, uh, is a yes as well. We're talking to Patrick Finley here on 670 The Score. Gabe and Grody filling in for Parkins and Spiegel talking about this this Bears game. They got two left, Arizona and Green Bay. I look at the Green Bay game, Green Bay game and I think to myself, okay, here's an opportunity to right or wrong, uh, to head into the, the, the offseason on, on a high note. Uh, but Jordan Love's playing some pretty good football. I know it's more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes, less interceptions than Patty Mahomes. Um, still had a topsy-turvy year uh, overall. Uh, but what, what do you think about the play of, of Jordan Love as the season winds down? To be fair, I think we all had a better holiday weekend than Patrick Mahomes, as long as that's how we're going <laughs> to yeah, judge things. Um, I, I, I think it'll be interesting. I think that, to me, the, the most compelling part of the whole thing is that George McCaskey has been clear um, for a decade-plus now that he grades the Bears against the other teams in the NFC North. He, his first priority is win the division and then see what you can do from there. And that he grades the team based on how they do against the Packers. Yeah. So the Packers game is important to him and his family and with good reason. So uh, that, I mean, that's, you know, if, you know, uh, even if they have their mind made up on Eberflus going into that game, I think a, a drastic result one way or the other could change that. So I find that very, very interesting in terms of what the Packers are capable of. Man, I can't figure them out. I mean, do you realize that when Aaron Jones had uh, over 100 rushing yards this past weekend, that he was the first player on their team all year to have more than 100 rushing yards or more than 100 receiving yards in the game? Wow. Like, do you know how hard? Isn't that insane? It is insane. And and Jordan Love, like Jordan Love's, you know, you look at his game-by-game numbers, and he's got whatever it is, half a dozen you know, with a pass rating over 105, which is amazing. And then some really, really bad ones. And I, I, can't, figure, I, I can't figure them out. I, I think their defense is in need of an overhaul. Um, I think their offense has good days and bad days. And, you know, their bad, I mean, their bad day uh, the other day was almost enough to get beat by the worst team in football. And the amount of variance that it takes there to what uh, – did they beat the Chiefs? They beat the Chiefs a month ago. Am I am I dreaming this? Um, they beat the Chiefs, but they did almost lost to the Panthers. Yeah, but then almost lost to the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I mean that's uh, that's that's a team that's really hard to figure. I think. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is incredible. Speaking of defenses, the, uh, the Bears defense obviously is on the rise. And I don't know, I, I did not necessarily see that coming. And you know, obviously we didn't know that Montez Sweat would be here and some of these other players continue to develop and the defense looks very good. I think that adds a, a something new into the conversation in terms of urgency to win right away. I think that the defense being good might, might make a case for returning Justin Fields and keeping that cohesiveness going and, you know, the urgency in the in the defense's window. Do you think that that is a factor or will be a factor in the Bears' thinking? Because these things don't last forever, as we all know. Right, but I could also see them, you know, introducing Caleb Williams and saying, boy, we have a luxury here where Caleb is going to start right away, but, you know, we just need him to score 20 points. <laughs> you know, our defense is that good. Um, and he knows he doesn't have to be perfect at first. Uh, you know, you look at the defense that they have there. I mean, Gertie, how many guys on their defense might not be here next year? Like maybe Eddie Jackson. Right. And, you know, I think, I think Jalen will, will get a franchise tag at worst. I right. Think. So, you know, there's emergency because they're good. But you know what? They're, they're also growing and they're also going to be here for a while. Yes. So I look at it more of the start, more as the start of something than I am something that they need to capitalize on immediately. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, and Jalen, and if I can just real quick on Jalen, sure. boy, I wonder whether the bears (laughs) wish that they would have given Jalen whatever he was asking for on October 30th. Totally. Whatever Uh, that, whatever that price is, is not today's price that that we know for sure. (laughs) Yeah. It's gone up. And I thought it was really telling after the game the other day, you know, Matt Eberflus when talking about Jalen, I think holds him to a really high standard. And, and Grody, we've heard him uh, do it. You know, we've heard him talk about how he needed to be better in certain situations. Shoot, we heard him kind of criticize Jalen for returning an interception down the wrong yeah, timeline. Yeah, that blew me away, man. He was like, oh, yeah, great and, pick. But what the hell was he doing once he had the ball? I was like, come yeah, on, yeah, man. We got rule, yeah, we got rules here. You got to get to the sideline because that's where the blocking is. Uh, after the game the other day, it was as much of an unequivocal showering of praise of Jalen Johnson as I've ever heard out of Matty Berthus. And I think that that is notable for a lot of reasons. Um, and one of them being that I, I think Jalen really fits in in this defense in a way that I think even the Bears coaches weren't sure that he would at the start of the season. I got to be honest, if you don't like Jalen Johnson, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who you like, right? He's like a good guy, good football <laughs> player. Like what kind of person do you enjoy? Pat, I appreciate you hanging out with us today, man. Look forward to reading your stuff this week. Hey, thank you, guys. Pat, really quick, really quick, if I may, yes. just really fast yes. here. Um, did you have one of the 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 wings in the in the locker room on Thursday? <laughs> and why? And why does Mark Potash, your sometimes colleague, hate us all for for having a wing? That's great. That's great. I I did. And I did, I did because I thought it would be rude to say no, so that's the reason why. And uh, I think Mark Pot- Potty loves Potty loves an excuse to lecture us. I know he does. I know he does. <laughs> that's great. Pat, thanks, man. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, thank you, guys. Yep. Uh, Patrick Finley from the Chicago Sun Times hanging out with us here on six seventy. The score. Great follow, man. He's always sending out his stuff. Make sure you guys do that as well. All right. Uh, on the other side, someone did remind me on the text line. Uh, that we've yet to talk about Caleb Williams and the tweet that he liked. Oh, yeah. Uh, So on the other side, if you haven't heard about this, we will read the tweet. Um, Sean Sears producing today. Sean, open up the lines for me, yeah? Um, You got it. We are going to. That's the lines opening. Thank you. Wow. I 
I love the sound effects. Yeah. Real producing right there. John Sears, a one-man band, man. Real producing right there. Okay. People, pop, pop. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to open up the phone lines because this is what we're going to do. We're going to field calls on Justin Fields. A lot of people texting in right now about Caleb Williams, about Justin Fields. My favorite one is this one. Uh, where did it go? He said, uh, if people think Caleb Williams is that big of an upgrade over Fields, they didn't watch USC this year. People have watched him a lot. He's marginally better than Fields at best. So why get rid of an ascending quarterback with an ascending team? You take a step step back if you do while he learns. It would Caleb Williams not also be an ascending quarterback, or would he just be plateauing as he's stepping into the NFL? All right. Well, either way, phone lines are open uh, because we are going to field calls on Justin Fields. What are your thoughts? Do you think the Bears should move on from him? 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls. We'll also read the tweet that Caleb Williams liked and then uh, hear from you as well. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Mark Grody. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Yeah? Pam, please clear my phone lines. Certainly. Beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. Okay, clear. I could call any second. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Taylor in motion, fields, under pressure again. He's going to run wide open path for six. What a Christmas present for that fan. He gets the touchdown ball on this three-yard score. Well, this is a crucial mistake in rushing past Justin Fields. You have to have rushers on each end at different levels, and you can't run past him. You can't get pushed by him. Excellent job blocking there and giving Justin Fields a lane. But you see that. All he needs is a tiny crease, and that's, that's easy money for him. Big thanks to Fox right there. Calling Justin Fields' first rushing touchdown. It is Gabe Ramirez. It is Mark Rohde. It is 670 to score. And what is the tweet that Caleb Williams liked? I'll read that to you in just a second. Well, we are taking phone calls. 312-644-6767. 
we're not just taking phone calls. We're fielding calls on Justin Fields. What's your take? What's the updated take? What do you want to have happen to him? Uh, phone lines are open right now. Sean Sears producing today is going to take care of you. Um, the first quote is, the way the system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation. That is a quote from Caleb Williams' father, Carl Williams, and he said it to GQ magazine. And so in his mind, the Bears would be the worst possible situation, which some might have thought at the beginning of the season, but the Bears have ascended into this newfound, I don't know, success space where they're having finding success on defense, uh, finding success, and some would say with the coach and Coach Eberflus, and some would even say with Justin Fields. So when Spenny, that's what we should have got on the phone. We Spenny? Should, we should get Spenny Shum on the phone tomorrow, Sean. GQ? He's the one Who's who... That? He's the one who sent out the tweet. Ah, oh, okay. Spenny, and I'm assuming he's from Schaumburg because it's Spenny Sham 22. Mm. Uh, says, when did, by the way, when did Kalen Williams' father make that the the GQ quote you just read? Is that from or is that from like that's before the season began? Okay, that thank you. Before the season began. Um, so Spenny, who I'm assuming is a Chicago, he might be listening right now. Sven? No, Spenny with a P. Sven? Penny with an S in the front. Okay. <laughs> it says. Only one option for the Chicago Bears in 2024 uh, NFL draft. It's not Caleb Williams. We want Justin Fields. The answer is Marvin Harrison Jr. And of course, Caleb, not of course, but Caleb Williams ended up liking that tweet. I mean, like, bruh. First of all, that's stupid. Right? Don't you, I mean, well, like, well, I do we know why did he did he like it just to remember it? Is he is he keeping receipts like okay i remember this when i'm on the bears or is he saying you have twitter right i do (laughs) when you like a tweet what does that mean well for you personally in your own life typically i'm in support of it that's my point it's no different doesn't have to be that no one's no one's using twitter differently it's you see something and you're like huh yep actually no that's wrong I, i have liked tweets that have been negative towards me in the past, yeah, but you're being con- a condescending a hole in you. Then. No, I'm not. I'm like if somebody like, says no, something somebody bad about being you, and a you condescending like a hole to me, and you like it because you're like, oh, no, no, I, like no this, I, 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 no, it's me acknowledging it. It's like I see you, I see you. That's all. That's why I do it. Like I, I can handle it. I can take it. I like it. Okay. So I'm telling you, I'm not just making right. that up. You're looking at me like I'm just making stuff up, like I'm being silly, like I'm one of your girls. Because I know <laughs> my daughters, your daughters, not my girls that I did. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I guess I should just make that distinction. I'm like, I'm wearing your little hose. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I got daughters, bro. I got girls. What are your fly girls, girls out in the hallway? Um, okay, I can I can see where you can make an argument for that, but I think I think as Caleb Williams, you're looking at that tweet. Only one option for the Bears in the 2024 draft is not Caleb Williams. We want Justin Fields. The answer is Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, especially coming off the 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 quote that we just mentioned about his dad. I don't think Caleb Williams wants to come to Chicago. Do you think it's because he doesn't want to go to the worst team in the league or because he's not? I mean, he's a California. He's playing in, at USC. Yeah. He doesn't want to deal with the Midwest or Chicago. I mean, your other if, if you don't go to Chicago and you, you know, let's say the Bears take Marvin Harrison Jr., which they probably, yeah. And then Arizona, what's the, what are they going to do? They're going to stay with Kyler Murray, even though we heard last week uh, Ed Smith, who covers the Arizona Cardinals, said that it wouldn't be ridiculous for the Cardinals to move on from Kyler Murray and draft a quarterback. Um, but then you go to like New England. Then, you go right? to New England. It's yeah. cold. That's what I'm saying. New England or Washington. You're going like that's just the same thing, except you get a Bill Belichick or Eric Bieniemy. Maybe I I, it's, I can see where he just wouldn't want to come to Chicago. 
but that's a that's a damning tweet like right there. Yeah, I, I it's suppose. stupid. Yeah, I suppose. It's stupid for Caleb Williams, the potential number one draft pick who could potentially be coming to Chicago. It's stupid for you to like anything like that. You're right, but I guess if you put yourself in their situation, why would you want unless unless you want to like unless it is in you to think I want to be the guy that ends this yeah. terrible run of quarterbacking in Chicago, but most guys are like look at it and say, well, 70% of the Bears quarterbacks have failed that go there, so why would you want to go yeah, there? Yeah, and I look at it like most teams that draft, like his dad said, the way the system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation. That's the quote his dad. The Bears aren't the worst team in the league. The Bears, uh, quite the opposite. By the end of the season, they might be drafting 16. That's true. That's so, a really so good point. So you're going yep. to a good team. So you should want to come to the Chicago Bears as opposed to a team that, like the Carolina Panthers that trades away and mortgages their future for something, a shiny toy in the present. So, so to me, that's how I feel. But you know what? That's not for me to say right now in this very moment because in this segment, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here on 670 Score, filling in for Parkinson Spiegel. We are fielding calls on fields and figuring out what the temperature is out there. So let's go with uh, Ray. Ray, what do you think should happen with Justin Fields? What's your, what's your current temp on JF1? Guys, you'll never believe me on this one, but I'm really feeling we can, just like Christmas and Thanksgiving and all the holidays, we can have our cake and eat it too. There is that possibility out there for that to work, meaning that we can have and keep Justin Fields, the guy that's been getting it for us his last couple of years, this guy that's been getting held down, and still get somebody like Drake May out here and be on the same team. We've got the cap room. We can go ahead and hook him up with his with the five-year extension. We can still even go down further in the draft, just as it is, without moving guys around here, and still get a really, really, really good wide receiver to bump this up. I might save another, you know, Harrison Jr. or somebody like that. But there is that possibility out here, and I don't think uh, people are thinking about that. There also is the other really crazy possibility that Eberflus, I know this never happens, and it's it, I got a better chance in getting hit by lightning. But Eberflus could stay with Chicago next year, but not as the head coach. Okay, but so what you're saying, what you're saying, Ray, is that is that you'd want the Bears to keep Justin Fields, not only keep Justin Fields, give him the extension and take a quarterback. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, see by how we're way, laughing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have to just pick it apart a little bit. I appreciate. The idea, because yes, of course, ideally you would have loved to have brought Matt Eberflus in to be your defensive coordinator, because obviously there's you can't criticize much of what he's done since taking over. But the idea that a head coach would take a demotion yeah, yeah. to the defensive coordinator that would not happen. Ever. I will say this: that to his point about you know, and and it's been talked about the idea. I think uh, Peter King is one of the people that has said you know load up with this team, load up the roster, load up the wide receivers, and give Justin Fields a bunch of guys to work with I will say this let's face it, one thing that has worked on this team this year very well is the connection between Justin Fields and DJ Moore and there were some moments early in the year that it looked like man get the remember we were all crying get the ball to DJ Moore why why is he only have five targets in this game even DJ Moore was like kind of like I don't know I don't know what's going on it has worked that is a good connection there is real chemistry between Justin Fields and DJ Moore so that that is a a spot in a check in the in the box of support for Fields if he's to have another guy like DJ Moore around him. Do you know who Justin Fields also had a really good connection with? Who? 
Darnell Mooney. And that fizzled the second another wide receiver got here. And I couldn't see it fizzling with DJ Moore, though. Is I mean, is that what you're saying? That you will look out, it could fizzle. I don't. I, I, don't, I am fearful. DJ Moore is so much. I mean, he's yeah. better, a lot better than D, yeah. than Darnell Mooney. I, I love Darnell Mooney. I know that Justin Fields will be better with Marvin Harrison Jr. and DJ Moore. That's without question. What quarterback wouldn't be better with both of those people? My question is, and my fear is, excuse me, is the inability to feed both of them consistently enough where we feel like we're validated in, in selecting someone first. As it would be one thing if we had like some, a bunch of number two receivers, but DJ Moore is a number one. Yeah. Yes. And I can't imagine DJ Moore is gonna like you know getting three catches every single game for all year. If if Marvin Harrison Jr. is getting eight, I'm just saying something I think about. Let's go back out to the lines. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We got Kevin out in Oswego. Kevin, what's your latest uh, update on your feelings on Justin Fields? Hey guys, good evening. Happy holidays. Thanks for having me. Same. Um, long-time listener. You know, I, I think it's a great topic. It's obviously prevalent and important um, for all Bears fans, you know, the future and direction of the quarterback position. I Personally, you guys, I think Fields has done a great job up to this point. Um, if we look back a little bit, even last season, week nine, I mean, Fields set the single season, uh, single regular season record for quarterback rushing yards at 178 yards, surpassing the great uh, Michael Vick, a 20-year record. Um, I, I think he's excellent. I, I think that he's been up against a lot of adversity, uh, true adversity, uh, from coaching changes to the offensive line uh, to weapons as receivers. Um, I think the DJ Moore move was excellent. I think Ryan Poles has been doing a really good job. And I think this is, is a trending, ascending team going in the right direction. And I, I think it would only set us back uh, two to three years by, by drafting a young quarterback. I, I know Caleb Williams has done a great job at USC. Um, but, you know, if we're going to talk college quarterbacks, I, I don't know why a lot of people aren't talking about Michael Penix Jr. I mean, that guy's an absolute dog. Preach, Kevin. That's somebody that I like, the lefty. He's not even being, um, like in most mock drafts, he's not even getting taken in the first round, which makes me feel a certain mm. type of way. Like, maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about. But I, I like him a lot. I mean, there, listen, there, there are arguments to be made as to why you should keep Justin Fields. That I do, don't want to shy away from. I think, again, if the Bears were drafting 16th and they didn't have the first pick in the draft, this, this, nobody would care. Nobody would be talking about replacing Justin Fields. But it's the fact that the number one pick is sitting there in front of you that has a lot of people there. Check this out. I went to go look at 2025 NFL free agents at the quarterback position. Just thinking. Okay. Hey, Bears keep Justin Fields. They draft Marvin Harris Jr. They go to a different round. And Justin Fields sucks. Who's, who's, who will be pending free agents? Dak Prescott. Just throwing it, just saying. Just go saying ahead. Who's going to be out there? Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Tua. Okay, so just just throwing out some people that you is know. he coming with Tyreek Hill? By the way, <laughs> I think they're connected at the hip at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's really um, the only way I would do that. So I mean, I'm just saying people that are out there, you know, that that can be had later on. Yeah, you know, like just in case. Yeah, and they have to take all of that into account. Yeah, Ryan Poles has a lot of things he has to take into account. It's not easy. No, nope. he has a tough job, man. Because, like I said, no matter what he chooses, half the people in Chicago are going to hate the decision, without question. It doesn't matter what it is. It's like talking politics, man. Sometimes with Justin Fields, like it's like fifty-fifty. It's like yeah. our country. You know what I mean? Like and it's and gotten it's, so divisive. Somebody's like, somebody's like, dude, you got to keep Justin Fields, and I'm like, just like politics, I'm like, 
I don't want to have this conversation yeah. with you right now. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> this is where it's not going anywhere. Like, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. Right, right. It's like at, the, at your family parties. Like, yeah. oh, we're not doing the yeah. Justin Fields talk hey, this Jay, year. Justin Fields. No, <laughs> no, no, we're not, we're doing, not doing, doing that. Not doing right, more phone calls. Yeah. More Justin Fields phone calls because I do want to take more of those. Fielding calls on Fields. Updated thoughts on them, whether Bears should stick with them or move on from him. We'll take your calls next. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe and Grody right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I don't know what's going on with any of it. Afternoons on The Score. It is Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody here on 670 The Score, filling in for Parkinson Spiegel today. Shout out to everybody that got to work today. You guys are the real ones, just like us. Shout out Sean Sears, holding on producing duties today. Um, And unlike Parkinson Spiegel, we're going all the way to 645. That's right. Feels good. Deep, big exhale right there. Oh, yeah, you're right on that one. <laughs> no, imagine that. You're working and yeah. like, okay, you're 6 o'clock. Oh, that's right. Can you go 45 more minutes? The thing with Groats is Groats doesn't check the schedule, so I'm usually the bearer of bad news. That's so true. while we were driving in today, yes, the Oak Park boys were driving in together, Grody and I, and I was like, hey, dude, crazy, 6.45 tonight. He's like, S-. he did the Mar- he did the Harrison Ford with with the shock. 6.45. Yeah. That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> Let's take one more call before we go to break. Danny out in Highland. Danny, welcome to the show. Thoughts on Fields? Man, all right. Here's here's the thing. I love Fields. As a, like he's just a, it, you like you want to like the guy. He's a great ball player. But here's the thing. I believe that we screwed that guy up. Not we, but the coaching staff screwed him up from day one. Okay. The first game he played in Cleveland, he was sacked nine times. Now, you were right earlier when you said this wouldn't be an issue if we didn't have the number one pick, but we do. Yeah. It's, it, thinking with my heart, yeah, we should keep them and build around them. Thinking with my head, I, I feel the team's about, like, they're on to something. Okay, they're, they're showing growth, right? How do you pass up a possible, a possible generational quarterback, even a good quarterback, on a rookie salary with a team that's going to take off? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the call, Danny. I mean, it's it's a it literally is the it's not an envious position to be in to have a guy like Justin Fields who what would you say, Grody? At this point in his career, he's finally figured it out, or he's close to figuring it out. Where would you say Justin Fields is at? Hmm, incomplete. Like he he's like to say he's figured it out would to say that there's no issues. So right. I can't. So close to can, I guess I guess if you give me those two options. Close to figuring it out has not figured it out. That's what I would say. the 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 heart thing too. Like Ryan Poles, I'll I'll try to find the quote. I think it was on on the Bears radio network that Ryan Poles said something to the effect of paraphrasing, like we all get emotional at times. We all get emotional watching the games. Bayless Jones, and that <laughs> that includes Ryan Poles. He's watching too, and he's like probably pounding the fist sometimes, pounding the table when he sees something that he doesn't like, like the interception that's thrown by Justin Fields. Oh and he might be like, Damn. but then when the game is over, you have to be rational. We don't have to be rational, yeah. but he sure does. But he, but he even admitted there is that emotional aspect to it. And that's what like, 
after that Green Bay game, after the Bears go to Lambeau and beat the Packers, and Matt Eberflew saves his job for beating the Packers, then, <laughs> then that's when Ryan Poles needs to take a couple of days just to do nothing and just like get back to to ground zero in terms of his emotions, and then make the decision, make the rational, correct decision. Sean, can you look? Can you see if we have some diary music? You know what I mean. See if just see if there's like a deep thoughts, you know, like an SNL, oh, yeah. an SNL thing with Jack Handy. Yeah, oh, I deep love thoughts, that bit. Deep thoughts, deep thoughts Jack, with Jack Handy. Handy, one of the great writers of SNL. I'm an SNL freak. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, I, I got a feeling too. That as we were talking about Michael Che and Colin Jost okay. earlier, it sounds like you still watch the show I, too. I, I, I love that bit. That's my favorite. Oh bit. yes, and that weekend update is my favorite bit. Um, I just watched the Kevin Hart Chris Rock special, and it talked about. Chris Rock and why he got onto SNL and his time there. You should check it out. Oh, really? It was, really, really good. It was not great. Like, I didn't know. Like, he was not a no, star. No. They basically said, he's like, if it wasn't for a living color, a successful black show, he's like, then SNL hadn't had a black character in nine years. It's unbelievable. And they wouldn't have had SNL came out. This is your Dear Diary music? So this is Diary of Jane. This is the closest okay. I could find. It's Breaking Fine. Benjamin. Ryan Poles. I w- I, I, Benjamin. I'm thinking, in my yeah. mind, <laughs> in my mind, Ryan Poles has a diary every week. Oh, oh. A journal, a journal that he writes in. Okay. Dear diary, Justin Fields sucked today. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He would say, "I like the guy so much. I mean, he's just such dear a diary, good dude. He's first I have guy a, in. I have a crush, but I know he's not right yeah. for me. <laughs> I have a crush, in. dear diary. I have a crush, yeah. but I think I can do better. What do you, What do you think Kevin Warren writes in his diary? Dear diary. Mm-hmm. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> there we go, seriously. That's what I'm talking about. Kevin Warren's diary. Dear, dear diary. He's like, that was that I did. Dear I just came diary. here to build a stadium. They asked me to build a stadium, but I feel like I want to get involved in football operations. <laughs> diary, we've got problems. <laughs> we got, dear diary. What days does the check clear? Matty Eberflus. Dear diary. What's a diary? Coming up next. <laughs> diary. Cody Westerlin. Because, of course, Gabe and Grody are you leading you into Bulls basketball. Pre-game begins at 645. Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, Alyssa Berger, Minnie. Uh, but before that, top of the hour, we get to talk to Cody Westerlin. Uh, his thoughts on the Chicago Bulls and uh, what? Actually, Cody's going to tell us what he thinks went wrong against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, because something certainly went wrong. What did he have to say about that? We'll talk to him next. It's Gabe McGrody right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You switch the samples. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 